it's the Tillcast episode 522, Double Blind. And this week, guys, we talk Horizon Zero Dawn, Boners. Outriders, Boners. Dome Keeper, Boners. Death's Gambit, Boners. 20 Minutes Till Dawn, Boners. Bone Razor Minions, Boner, Boner, and Brotatoes. Stay tuned. With a delay, we're back. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know we were starting. I had just fucking tuned out. It's the Tillcast. Hey, it's an M rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. The three of us are going to get. Who knows how long's worth the amount of bullshit. Bullshit. So I'm giving some news. Um, I'm slightly hungover. <laughs> I'm apparently not with it, so. <laughs> it is Sunday, 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 84 degrees on October 2nd in balmy northern Oklahoma. And then I'm not sure what the forecast is over there in nowhere, Michigan, but rest <laughs> Nowhere. Bum fuck. Uh, 61 degrees sunny and uh, probably going to get colder than a witch's tit tonight. So, yeah, our, our low's 49. I mean, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to, turn it's been into frosting fall. over. Like, I had this little garden outside. You know, I know that's very domestic of me, but I had this little garden outside for a little bit and then they're like freeze warning and i'm like what the hell why, why do i need to have a warning that it's going to freeze yeah sure it's going to get cold no more garden next day it died it was like i had roma tomatoes dead i had i i, I had like i had deer in the backyard dead and there <laughs> just everything froze it's like it was bad but it was okay the next day but you know, yeah, it gets real. Uh, it gets real cold at night up here. I, I found out. I found that out last night while we were uh, sitting out by the campfire, and everybody was like inching closer to the campfire to the point where most people were just sitting in the campfire. Great camping up north is fun. Everybody around the campfire touching toes because you gotta get that close. Oh yeah, I mean it was. I mean, when you bundle up for warmth and you bundle up with a human, um, there's campfire <laughs> footsies. Yeah, you, you start like, you know, sitting on people's laps just for warmth. Then you know it's pretty freaking cold around a campfire. Um, but I've got a uh, I've got a new favorite thing. I've got a new favorite thing about you know going out to camp. What's that? That fav- that favorite thing is called apple pie. It's no. served in mason jars, oh. and it's good. Well, you also uh, run an engine. It's on it. very good. I got the I recipe for it. I'm making been making their runs. I take it. Uh, I got the recipe for it. I got my in. I got the recipe for it. I am going to make four gallons of it. It's going to be you amazing. Making four gans- you only, it's going to take you like three years to get through four gallons. That's fine. It's it's amazing, this this apple pie stuff. Uh, it disappears as soon as you open the jar. Like, it's gone in less than a minute. Guaranteed. Like, 
it gets passed around, it only makes it once around the campfire and it's gone. So Damn. it might take me, you know, maybe a couple times at camp to get through four gallons. Everybody feels it though. Oh boy, does everybody feel it? Warms you up right, huh? Oh yeah. You don't worry about the uh uh the cool weather up here. Shit, uh, you once just you take, have you take a single sip and you're just good. Oh, it's it's good. Uh it's so good that you don't know it's alcoholic. It's that good. That is that is some dangerous friggin' moonshine. I'll tell you, it's so good. It tastes like somebody just liquefied an uh, an apple pie and put it in a bottle, and you know made it adult style. It's it's so good. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's don't go, don't go blind. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm not going to go blind. I know what, what I'm putting into it. Well, uh, what if you so, did that and you masturbated at the same time? Is that like a guarantee? It might be. I don't know. I have to check the rule book. <laughs> double blind. <laughs> double blind. And a double blind st- study. Rusty actually <laughs> makes, did go blind. Actually went double blind. But how do you think it... <laughs> What'd you think of the flavor? It was good. I'd do it again. <laughs> you can't get more blind, right? Nope. Once you're double blind, you can't go any blinder, I guess. Ah, man, it's uh, it, it is fun though having having the opportunity to go out to camp and do you know do the things like that. I, I don't know. Am I am I getting my accent back? I can't quite sure. I'm not. I'm I'm never sure. It's it's hard to detect when you have your uh, when you get an accent back. Do I start? Am I starting to sound northern? Well, you've not started speaking mushmouth yet, so I have actively tried not to go mushmouth. Like every time somebody starts that around me, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't change. I, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I can do it on command if I think about it. But I I don't want to do that anymore. I like I don't want to get that. You get me some natty lights. Maybe I might have mushmouth happening just because it's natty lights. But yeah, I yeah, it's you gotta wait for deer camp. Uh, because if deer camp once deer camp uh, comes around, which won't be very long from now, uh, I might I might pick it up a little bit. It's. It's a definite possibility. Uh, deer camp. It's a thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Great White North is uh, uh, not quite white yet. And boy, it's still defi- definitely doesn't have high speed internet. So what uh, what, uh, what 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 have you guys been doing? <laughs> oh, Jason, what have you been up to? Well, other than. Uh... Uh, playing uh, what a figure is to about the halfway point in Zero Dawn because I've been doing the completionist thing and going for all of the collectibles and shit. Yep. Um, uh, the fair started this week, so you know. Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw that. I saw it. Turkey legs at like forty bucks. Really? Uh, the fact that I don't, that, 
that, that is a uh, that is an unmedicated rumor. It is about eighteen bucks, though. That's still crazy. That's like the price of a, for that's a price of a turkey. Yeah. Oh no, it's not. This year's turkey for Thanksgiving is going to be way more expensive than you even think, dude. I guess it's going to be dumb. Maybe I should just yep. buy one now. Yeah. Well, the problem if you can find a good prob- one. If you can find a good one now, get it and put it in the freezer because uh, the problem they're running into is a lot of them had to be processed early because of lack of feed. Yeah. Because of the drought here. Yep. Oklahoma, Oklahoma produces a uh, Oklahoma and Texas actually produces a good uh, portion of the country's livestock feed. It might be a Thanksgiving this year. Yep. I really want to smoke a turkey. I uh, well, I I need to get a turkey, and it's gonna be. Uh, I have to. Uh, um, I have to find a big one. Uh, this is, this Thanksgiving has to, you know, this have, this Thanksgiving has to be perfect. So I'll probably end up spending way too much on my, uh, on my turkey this year. But trying to find a big turkey this, you know, this year is going to be rough. Going, going for that 24 pounder, 25 pounder. Well, this year, this year, the, uh, the entire family needs to get together because of, uh, you know, recent events. So yeah, um, it's it's one of those things where I have to be the one to cook the turkey. So I need to go source it. And man, I'm telling you, if you can find a good you know good turkey at a decent price, get it now. Yeah, I think I ought to just go ahead and get a turkey now. That's Do crazy it. that it's. I mean, we're, that's what we're, we're going to like, end up doing here in the next couple of weeks, and just putting it in deep freezer. Yeah, I yep. think I bought a. I think I bought a. Uh, a freezer, a turkey for like eighteen dollars last year. Uh, yeah, yeah it's they'll not probably be, be more like twenty five, thirty. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be eighteen dollars. Yeah, forty dollar turkey. That. Yeah, it's going to be. Um, yeah, be surprised. Like right, you know, right up to uh, right up to Thanksgiving time, it'll be like eight dollars a pound for a turkey, when it's normally like what seventy some cents. Yeah, so needless to say, so needless to say, Thursday and Friday night, um, a barbecue sandwich and a corn dog because you know eight bucks. That, that's all you could get for eight bucks. Jesus. See, I should have. I should have just you know, even up a even the there. Chris even the Krispy Kreme burger went up to like fifteen. Really, fifteen dollars yep. for a Krispy Kreme burger. Yep. Holy ball sacks. That's wow. I'm 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 getting a food truck over there next year. And I'll be able to sell, you know, sell my pizza rolls for twenty dollars a roll. There you go. Think it'll go? Think I'll think I might sell out? Probably you might. Awesome. There ain't exactly pizza rolls at the fair. No. But, and we're not talking Tostino's pizza rolls. These are, yeah, these are, these are good pizza rolls. These are very good pizza rolls. Yeah. These are about the, about the size of a hot pocket and twice as thick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
I miss them and, pizza rolls. And, and it's cooked in the middle. There's a, there's an important uh, factor there. If it's a uh, if it's hot pockets, there's you've got a fifty fifty shot whether or not it's a frozen brick or it's molten lava. Yeah. <laughs> I say so. I've got some pretty random news. I had a lot going on this week. It's one of the reasons we're recording late. Well, one of several reasons, but I got my Steam Deck this week, finally. Fucking A. About time. So I'll go into some of that stuff here in a little bit, but finally got it. Um, Very, uh, I'm very happy with it, honestly. But I was, John from Picking Up the Pixels, um, also got his just the week before. And we were going on a road trip, which we were really hoping to play some Steam Deck stuff, which honestly, we didn't play that much because me and him are really old friends. So we ended up talking most of the time and mm-hmm. then using the hotel's free Wi-Fi to download shit. Um, <laughs> I went way over my limit on my downloads for home. So I have. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you, you, know, you had the conversation with the uh, with the Internet company going. So I have no, about twelve hundred. Really downloading porn. Yeah. Well, no. It's like I've got twelve hundred and eighty gigs of uh, bandwidth every month, and about ten days into the service cycle, I had hit almost a terabyte. So I got a notice that said, since I've never gone over, they'll pay for any overage this month, but it's the last month. So now I'm just taking full advantage of it because fuck it. I mean, <laughs> so he's downloading the entire internet. I'm just downloading whatever I feel like downloading, almost on principle, because I'm just going to say it. Cox can suck it. This whole bandwidth bullshit is stupid. And to get unlimited (laughs) bandwidth, it's fucking 30 more bucks. No, like 50 more bucks for unlimited bandwidth. Come the fuck Uh on. Dude, I can't wait. I can't wait for my high-speed internet to come in here. They'll be like, 200 down, 200 up, but you can only download a terabyte. What do you mean? What do you mean I can... I could fill up my terabyte in one uh, one afternoon, like in a I couple, filled up. I filled up five hundred gigs inside of an afternoon of downloading shit to the Steam Deck. I just queued up a bunch of stuff and just like click, 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 click. I queued yeah. I queued up like fifty games because I got one of those uh, SD micro SD cards to put in there. The five mm-hmm. uh, five twelve Samsung Evo, which was pretty highly rated for cost pretty per nice. speed. And I, mm-hmm. I honestly can't tell the difference between the stuff I'm playing on the Evo and not. It's not like it tells me what drive it's coming off of. But it's pretty smart about selecting. Like, you get to a certain point on your hard drive, and it's like, all right, you're pretty full. You want to go to this other thing and put stuff here. And you're like, yep. And then it just automatically switches, and then just kind of remembers. You don't have to even pick the drive you're down installing to. So it's pretty cool that it's – I left some free room, right, for updates and stuff. So – the main drive has got about 90 gigs free because who knows what's going to download, and I don't want to make it all the way full. And then the second drive also has about 90 gigs free right now. So I have about uh, about 600, six to 700 gigs worth of shit on here right now. Um, Damn. And that's, then that's another 30 gigs was on hotel Wi-Fi. I, I dislike you for it. multiple reasons. So, but yeah, so me and John um, went to go see High Lung. So this is gameage. This is game related, mm-hmm, right? Be- because uh, I found I found out about them through that trailer for Hellblade Two. It's like I wonder who these guys are. This sounds pretty neat. I really want to find out who it is because this is a pretty cool song. 
And then I dove way deep into all things that are high lung, probably in 2020 or 2021. Kind of new to it. Then realized that if you ever see the videos they have on YouTube that are professionally shot are their first show ever. Oh, that's their first show ever? It's their first show ever. And it's just... Oh, wow. Um, they've made significantly more money since then, so their show is better <laughs> than what you see there, but that's a good show, um, which is crazy, right? They recorded that. Had it, I don't know how they got all the money and whatever, but it was at a Renaissance fair. That's what that's from. Oh, their first show is from a Renaissance fair. And, okay, I see. I didn't know this. And some of those videos have around 50 or 60 million views. Yeah. Well, they kind of went so, viral is what happened. I mean, it was very close to uh, uh, the kind of music that is in Tainted Grail. And of course, so with... Uh, they're Tainted Grail adjacent, actually. So the right. female, the main female, there's several female vocalists, but the main vocalists, if you ever see shots you'll see a girl and deer antlers and deer antlers and a veil she's she's the main vocalist but she's got a side project with the uh people from danheim um oh yeah which is the people we discovered through tana grill we're like i wonder who this is and we like oh danheim so we actually discovered danheim first when we were talking about these weird kind of like pagan root um and primal style yeah primal sounding shit but, Viking rock shit. Yeah, like Viking rock. So we, this was a discovery through video game soundtracks that we just kind of stumbled upon. Um, but yeah, we just kind of dug it. I was like, this is a really intense live show. I, I wonder what they would be like live. Then, of course, you know, I've got an unlimited music subscription through Amazon. So I've downloaded all all the albums that I could get my hands on, and it's a really good background of stuff, even though some of it's very different, and then it makes a lot more sense on stage. Some of it's just, like, weird spoken word poems with a bunch of, like, drum shit in the background. Mm -hmm. And then some of it's, like, full-on songs, right? But live, that experience is intense. So let me also kind of rewind just a little bit. So when in relation to Steam Deck, like I said, um, I drove down there and John started to play his and he's like, you know what? I really just want to talk. So he put down a Steam Deck, right? We got to the hotel. We both started playing Steam Deck on principle and we just ended up talking and then we decided we were just going to download shit on free Wi-Fi, which is what we did. Um, and then compare notes about what ran on the Steam Deck. And of course, I'll dive into that after High Lung, but High Lung was a huge, this is a super high point concert wise for me. Mm -hmm. um, so we went to... There's a place in Dallas, that's where we're going to, called Terry Black's Barbecue that's pretty world famous, right? I've heard about it on a couple of podcasts. I think notably last podcast on the left, um, one of the guys on there had talked about Terry Black's being an amazing barbecue joint. So me and John went up there. The line was insane. So we're like, screw this. We're going to go find something else. So I think it's called like Hattie P's Fried Hot Fried Chicken, which was decent. We found out it's a franchise, but it's kind of like Chicken and the Wolf here, but it's not as hot. Um, I thought it would be hotter being in Dallas and we got the hot, you know, thinking, oh, if we get the atomic, it might be kind of unedible or maybe, right. maybe we can, like John's got a pretty hot pilot too. So we were like, maybe we can, we can deal with the heat, but then how does that rumble in the tummy through this whole show? <laughs> um, I'm not going to have it a place to take alive. a shit if I need to take a shit. So 
We just went yeah. with hot, and then hot for me was kind of like medium. So had a little oh. bit of a little bit of prickly spice, but it wasn't that hot. Um, but it was pretty decent. And we figured, right, like this restaurant had like they were selling T-shirts and hats for their hot chicken, and I was like, man, they probably got some kind of appeal. And there's a lot of people in there too. There just wasn't an hour wait. So we got in and out of there, and we we're both really excited to go see High Lung, and it's in Deep Elm um, in Dallas, which is kind of like an arts district. And it's downtown adjacent. It's just east of downtown. So we hoofed it. It's about four blocks away is where this place called the Bomb Factory was at. And I've never been to this venue before, so I wasn't sure how big it was. We started walking down about where it would put us at that place. I was like, I bet that line's probably high lung. There's a fair amount of people. And I was like, oh, I see some people with some like, you know, with some Nordic paint on. I saw a guy with like a wolf headdress. I was like, this is probably the right line. So across the street <laughs> and we're just seeing one side of it, one full block. I was like, that's a pretty decent line. And I was like, Are we, is this the high lung line? He's like, yeah, but it's it goes a lot further back. You'd be surprised. I was like, okay. So we just start hoofing it. And we get around the corner and then it goes like another three blocks down that direction. I was like, holy fucking Jeez. Christ. Uh, we're screwed. And we're there, like doors opened at 6.30 and then the show started at 8. We're there at 6.15. So we hoofed it all the way to the back line to get ahead of whoever else was hoofing it. And we just stood there and uh, made a friend in line, a guy named James. So shout out to James, who was in line with us forever and saw the majority of the show. Well, all of the show with us. He hung out with us through the whole thing. Awesome. Um, found another gamer brethren in the ranks. Um, so that was really fun, but yeah, so like we stood in line, just chilled and talked music and video games for an hour and a half before we finally, we actually got in the doors of right around eight o'clock or right, uh, probably got in the doors about seven thirty, And then a friend of mine texted me, right. And was like, Hey, so are you guys. Because I sent, I sent her a picture of me and John in the crowd. She's like, you're already in? I was like, yeah. I was like, where are you? She's like, all the way out by the fucking highway. It's like, what time did you get here? She's like, 7 o'clock, an hour before the show started. I was like, well, I'm sorry, but you've got about five blocks of line before you get in. She's like, oh, my fucking God, I'm going to miss it. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see. I was like, there's nothing going on. So they delayed the show by 45 minutes just getting everybody in. And the place... Only held just a hair under 5,000 per fire code. I believe they, it was sold out. Like everybody we talked to was saying it was completely sold out. So we got in there. The vibe of the crowd was pretty cool. The I was like, I'm just going to drink a couple of beers while I'm here. Well, for a freaking, I, they had almost no selection, right? Because it's, you know, concert venue beer. But it was $9 a beer. Damn. I was like, oh, God, this sucks. So They're I, making uh, their money. Yeah, and the guy that came with us, James, I think he got like a rum and coke and a water, and it cost him thirty bucks or something. Ouch! Um, so at that point, I was like, "Damn, bottle." Yeah, I I got two beers and a water, and it was a long show. Like I was really glad that this is gonna sound old man as shit, but like I put inserts into my toe shoes. I was wearing toe shoes this show because I wasn't gonna wear flip flops. I people who know me know me know that I wear flip flops almost every day. But wasn't wearing flip-flops for this much standing on my feet. But by the time the show started, it was almost 9 o'clock, and I'd been on my feet since, like, about 6 o'clock. Um, so it finally started. I looked at the merch line, but the merch line was, like, 700 people deep. 
And even by the end of the show, there were still people in the damn merch line that had started in the merch line. So there were some people that waited through the whole show for the merch line. I did not get merch there. Um, I'll say this, and this is kind of a precursor to my feelings about the show. I spent about $300 on merch. Um, I bought a lot of fucking shit. I bought a couple of hats. I bought a fucking jacket. I bought some t-shirts, but I bought all the shit off their band camp and their official website. Like I split my order between both. Um, so that I did that because just that I did not want to stand in line for merch while I went to go see a show that doesn't, they don't come to America very often. Um, but yeah, we got in, we were about, the crowd was pretty chill. Like we had some guys around us that were kind of hanging out and then, um, the vibe, some vibes for shows I go to are kind of aggro and then some are not. This is easily the most diverse crowd I've ever seen. Like you had the, what you'd expect, right? The goth kids and the the pagan people, right? Like, and then you saw people with like D and D t-shirts and people you'd see around a D and D table. You saw a lot of people with like, like just basic ass t-shirts and jeans. Like you saw dads and moms, you saw kids. Like it was just the most crazy mix of people <laughs> I've seen. You saw a bunch of old hippies. Um, like it was just, it was a crazy diverse crowd. Unlike ever anything I've ever been to a concert for. But like once we we're in there, like nobody was, well, initially nobody was like kind of shoving their way around, but like as the lights darken, like, the crowd kind of surged forward and we went from being in the middle to being kind of like middle front um, pretty quickly, which was to my surprise was great because we got a pretty good view. Um, the music I think speaks for itself a little bit on an album, but it doesn't really speak to what the live experience is. So they go through like, some kind of like pagan thing at the very beginning where they like throw a bunch of incense around. They don't talk to the crowd at all um, while they're doing any of this stuff. There is no encore. Um, they've got a plan set, but they, uh, they do something different with a live experience, which is I'll explain. So the music just builds on itself, right? Like it's not a typical song structure of verse, chorus, bridge, verse, end a song, right? Like your mm -hmm. typical, typical four minute radio edit song it's usually just something that they build on until it kind of boils over and then it either changes moods and then ends or it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and boils over into the next song and that's how they do it and the way that it is what you don't get from looking at an album or even looking at the live videos is how they're producing the music so they're doing all sorts of like organic drums there was three drummers right? That are all playing on like drums with mallets or with like hides and mallets. Like there was something that was hung up like a gong, but it was a huge drum skin that was lit behind with a big red light that made it look like a blood moon the whole time, which was crazy looking. Um, and then he's got a sampler up front. And so in a loop, he's got some crazy loop pedals. So what one of the guys is doing is he is sampling stuff. Like he took a sword and was pinging the sword in different spots to the beat and then looping it, and then changing the timbre of where he was hitting it, and then looping it again, and then building on that. So one of the percussionists would hit stuff, basically, right, for different notes and different sounds, and then throw those loops into the mix as we went, right? And then he had different mics set for loops all around the stage, and he'd build all those up. So you'd see people go around. Like, at one point, there was a ram horn that he was looping. Um... 
So, so there's some like electronic stuff like that. I think they have some triggers on one of the drums to get like a dance beat out of it. So it's like got some super deep bass live that you don't pick up on when you're watching the videos. It is so loud live and so it thumps like something in a club, but it's not club music, you know? Right. Um, and you can tell that some, some drums are triggered and some are not. But it's really unique. And then there's uh, several different vocal. They do a lot of vocal layering throughout their stuff. There's a lot of vocalists. Um, but it's kind of like being transported back in time like 3,000 years into the middle of the woods in Germany or something um, with a little bit of modern flair. And there's all sorts of like <clears throat> weird headdress stuff going on. There's all sorts of Viking shit. And like they even... So they must have a part of the stage mic'd. So they were doing a beat with the butts of spears. And so they had all these guys. So what they did is they hired people in different spots within the U.S. They called like their local tribes. And so they choreographed these guys ahead of time. And these were local Dallas residents, I guess, or people in the area that were their Vikings. So all the Vikings are unique to the city. And they trained them and choreograph these people to do these different parts of the sets, but they're part of the percussion. They're either stomping or they're hitting the butts of their spears to different parts of the music. Um, and they're choreographed like they're doing some kind of play. But, like, throughout the entire show, like, there were these parts where they would, like, the the male and female vocalists would talk to each other, and you could tell there was something going on in, like, ancient Germanic that was part of some kind of story that they were telling talking to each other and that's part of the spoken word poem stuff you hear on their latest album are those pieces um but they did some really crazy stuff with lights where like at one point and i couldn't capture this on camera they had it was all the way dark and they had um the female vocalist was playing what looked like a liar in the background and they just lit her and then they had two other female vocalists on either side of her singing and so they just lit them and it will look kind of like a heart or something like that, right? Like a really, it was a shaped spot. And then what they had is they had <coughs> people that were, they had like a lot of um, like strobes going on in that. And then they had another vocalist that was like moving through the darkness and you'd only see them when the strobe hit singing on top of that, um, which was crazy looking. And then, like, it lit up, and then you saw all the Vikings in front. So, like, the stuff that I couldn't capture were, like, the crazy light work that they were doing in the middle of all of this stuff, mm. um, which you just couldn't see unless he was on video. I recorded, like, a part of one of the songs where there was just a lot of tribal drumming and a lot of, like, people moving around the stage just to kind of give a taste of what it was like, but it just it doesn't do it justice at all. It's so intense. Um, even like the quieter songs just sound so dramatic and so intense. It was yeah, one of the most intense shows. I I don't know of many shows that I've seen that have been this. This is the most original show, hands down, I've ever been to. Um, they played longer versions of a lot of the songs. So I'm talking about the live experience. So they didn't do an encore. But towards the end, like they extended the last song quite a bit. And it just kept building an intensity like way beyond what the album version does. And then the different Vikings that they had on stage started crowd surfing with their shields. Um, oh, Jesus. It got 
you could tell they were just having a blast, and so they just kept going, and they kept adding layers to the loop as they were going. So they were having a whole lot of fun. You saw them all kind of break character. You saw a lot of people up there smiling. And then the shield, the Vikings just started like <laughs> like crowd surfing. <laughs> I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> um, but it was a it was Talking. a it was a crazy show. Um, that sounds great. It was I, it was and acoustically was extremely tight. Like me, John was just like bewildered. Is like so they must have had like different pieces of tape on the stage to figure out where they were going to stand for different moments in the different songs because. Everything was so on point. Like, it wasn't. This was a very professional show. This was an extremely professional show. Um, it was kind of like watching a play slash music slash something from a long forgotten era um, all at once. But yeah, they had all sorts of crazy fire shit going on. Like, there was. I was trying to show you some pictures earlier, but essentially they lit drumsticks on fire and were playing what looked like a kettle drum with animal hide. With flaming drumsticks, not just little drumsticks, like big, beefy, torch-sized Raiders of the Lost Ark style, like torches as drumsticks, and there's just fire going all over the place. It, it's it's hard for me to put into words what I saw. It was a very incredible experience. It's gonna stick with me forever as one of the one of the, if not the top show I've ever seen. Like I'm still struggling. Is this the top show I've ever seen? Because it's that good. Um, damn, and he's been to a lot of fucking shows, guys. That's that's nuts. I've probably been to um, over. I've seen over two thousand bands live. Easy. Um, there was a point yeah. where I was seeing probably two hundred shows a year. So like, that's nuts. That's more being that's at festivals insane. where I see like you know thirty or forty shows at a time and go to like four or five of those a year. So like, can you imagine damn. that? Can you imagine? Uh, high lung in a yeah in like a fucking amphitheater style fucking venue. Like they've, they've played some of those. I, th- I think the Seattle show they played at one of the mo- the oldest most historic theaters there. They're yeah. they're well, selling like out an everything. Amphitheater. They, they're selling out. Well, I don't like outdoor because of the acoustics. It's really hard to get a good control on acoustics outside. Well. I'm I'm talking amphitheater outside. That's that those they are built do, around for the, that kind of acoustic. Yes and no. I've been there's one called the Zoo in Oklahoma City, and yeah. it still has a weird echo to it. The further you get back, it gets to a point where it's so time delayed that it's hard to kind of like match what you're seeing with what you're hearing, and it gets gotcha. to a point where yeah. it echoes across the crowd, and it just it gets kind of muddy. Um. Okay. Um, no, I can. I completely understand that. It's. I think. I think yeah, it's my, best served in, in a, my experience. Most amphitheaters are only good for about seventy-five yards, and then after that, all you get is echo. Most of the time, those are good for vocals, and most of that, uh, most of what Highline is, is you know, is there's, drums and vocals. There's so many layers going on. I feel like it would get muddy. Like their sound, they True. must have brought their own sound guy. Like he oh, was. Of course. Like, John was like, this probably took all day for them to mic this. Like, the amount of people that are on stage, like, there's a point where there's, they obviously mic'd, unless they're just hitting the stage that hard, they mic'd the Vikings, right? They mic'd their spears somehow. Um, They mic'd the, she's got a little, like, it looks like two little bones that she hits sometimes while she's going that she'll keep in time. You can hear that. Right. Um, 
she's got a hand drum that she's playing on the back end. They've got, I think they have two people that are doing samples, but they have a percussionist on the right and a percussionist on the left, and they both do samples. But the one on the right was also playing these huge drums too. They had a big drum in the back that was, I think, might have had chimes on it too that they were using. And then they had another drummer on the left behind all of that. And then there's three, all three, all three guys do vocals up front. One does the throat singing. One does like a raspy, like almost growly thing. One does clean. I don't know if that's the same guy. And then the main girl that everybody is used to seeing associated with high lung does all clean vocals. And then she had two like backup vocalists. And one of those backup vocalists was playing like a fucking ram's horn. Um, Damn. And then all the Vikings, like there's so much going on up there with, and there's no bass guitar. There's no guitar. No. Right. It's all drums and samples. And it's just so, it was the most out there. It was the most metal thing without being metal that I've seen. Like just hands down. It was so prehistoric metal, man. It was very prehistoric. It had a super prehistoric vibes. It almost felt like going to an industrial show, but like before there was such a thing as like Nine Inch Nails. Like it had... It was a better show than anything Nails has put on. It's so crazy, wow. and they just came out of nowhere. Um, it's it's an experience if you ever get a chance to see High Lung. One hundred percent. I am. Like, I got him on my list of things I need to do before I fucking you know croak because I'm I'm pissed. I'm actually pissed because I could have saw him before you. Uh, because. If, if I had thought about it, I could have saw the uh, the tour dates and, and saw that they were actually up in the Northlands about, oh, uh, two or three weeks ago. And I would have been able to go see them. But well, maybe if they hadn't been sold out, they probably would have been sold out. Yeah, we bought, in Detroit. Yeah, we brought, bought our tickets back in June. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to fucking watch for him because that sounds like an excellent show. I don't and think they have any bad reviews live. Like, they sell out freaking everything, and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, there's just... There's nothing I've seen that's that even touches... Like, it's a different kind of energy. It's just so... It's so intense. It was... But, yeah, I say it's show adjacent because, I, you know, I talk video games while I was there. And shot a few pictures, but it was it was a blast. Uh, me and John. Well, I mean, like you we're still talking would about. Never have gone to Highland if it was if it hadn't been for Painted Grail and uh, and um, and fucking, that, uh, that trailer for Hellblade Two that's still not out. Hellblade, right? Hellblade I think they've 2. done they've done some music on Vikings, and I think another show as well. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, like. I wanted to say Game of Thrones, but I don't think it's Game of Thrones. But anywho, um, High Lung, hell of a show. Um, I think pretty much anybody could go see them. Um, if you have really religious roots that are pretty anti-pagan, I think that'll throw you off. Um, but it was a very peaceful show. You just I, go, you know, just go for the performance because you're just you're not going to see anything like it, right? It's, it was, it was intense. But that being said, <laughs> we can talk a little bit about video games. I think, uh, 
I waxed hard on that, but it's okay. I'm gonna let you. That shit's awesome. Like finding new, new, and different kinds of music through video games is is amazing. It's you know it it, it piques your interest and does you know you did something that you probably wouldn't have gone and done if it hadn't been for it so. <laughs> because video games, right? Because video games. So. I guess I have. I mean, it, it definitely looks interesting. I don't, you know, as much uh, raw drum beating as uh, as there is. I don't know that my head could handle it, but oh, I'm sure that mine wouldn't. Uh, but it would be worth the fucking migraine for the three days afterwards. I'm sure. It was a it was an easy two and a half hour show. Like I said, there was no opener. It was just them. Um, and they just started they had like this whole ritual thing where they all you know did some wiccan thing beforehand where they're all being blessed with incense before they started and then they just started a song and then they didn't stop they all just bled together for like two two and a half hours (laughs) and then they just ended like it was the very end it was the first time they really kind of broke character you know they all kind of grabbed hands and Signal to the crowd they're extremely excited and happy about the response. And then they just kind of disappeared off stage and then the lights came on and it was over. There was no, like, people were chanting for an encore, but I was talking to the people behind me that I guess had seen them before, which is crazy. I guess a handful of the people that were there had also went to Red Rocks, which was about $2,000 a ticket, apparently. Jeez. Um, But people are willing to spend $2,000 a ticket. That's the thing. Well, that's how they afforded those lights. <laughs> well, no, that was resale prices. Apparently, they're about $75 if you're able to grab them within the five minutes they were on sale. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just have that's to how fast you know, they keep sell out. watch for that. Yeah, when I got the tickets, um, John had mentioned that he wanted to go see them, and I got them same day. Like, as soon as they went on sale, I went ahead and grabbed my – I grabbed general admission and then just – held on to it. It's like, I hope I get somebody to play it or play it, see it with me. And apparently John was going too. So it's like, you're, you're going together. Like, I'm not going to go see this all by myself. I mean, I would, but. Right. Well, I was going to go, but I ended up moving. So. Yeah. I mean, that takes precedence. Yeah. No, something like that. Definitely. A show like that's definitely a better shared experience. It sounds like I would have gone. Uh, I would have had fun if I went. That's oh, why no. I keep a, keep a look at. They're they're in the next twenty seven concerts. I was looking up, looking them up the other day. Uh, the next twenty seven concerts are all in uh, uh, in Europe. So they're all across the pond. So uh, Europe, Russia, all you know. They were in Italy, France, you know, all kinds of places. So they're they're going to be all over and you know, in that area uh, for at least the next half a year, probably a little bit longer, and then they'll hop across the pond again, hopefully. And then uh, then I'll find a I'll find a show close by. I don't care if I have to travel, you know, to a different state to see them. At this I mean, point. I don't know what Cam listens to, but I, I feel like if you're into anything other than pop, you'd probably like it. Well, I'm sure he would try something new um 
you, you would not approve of his uh his his uh uh his rock choices i'll tell you that very chad metal um <laughs> but uh it, he at least listens to something other than country which <laughs> i'm sure you're appreciative of i'm very appreciative of uh 90s and 2000s rock is you know so you know new rock shit like that which includes you know things like rob zombie and stuff like that but that, yeah it's i mean i would see would i would see Rams, too, i'd see rammstein if they were close rammstein would be you know and we've actually uh well wait thinking back this was a long freaking time ago i didn't go see rammstein we were going to we ended up going and seeing rob zombie instead um I mean, dig through them ditches. Well, that was <laughs> the the determining factor between the two. Go figure. Was um, a music video. Uh, don't watch a Rammstein music video uh, if you're uh, if if you're under age. Uh, you know, if you're under eighteen and you are going to be borrowing your mom's vehicle to go see a show. Don't let her see the music video for Rammstein. It's going to make some questions pop up. <laughs> uh, yeah, even more than Rob Zombie will. <laughs> right. When you go and see Rob Zombie, you're seeing, like, American Horror. Uh, and, I mean, we were watching, like, Friday the 13th. We were into the, the American Horror scene, right? But it was, you know, Rammstein was... Um, yeah, it was a little different. <laughs> you may not be able to understand the lyrics, but you can definitely understand somebody, uh, you know, going to town on a uh, prosthesis. Well, uh, I was going to say that John <laughs> saw them back in the 90s in high school, and he was saying that they played with KMFDM, and uh, the lead vocalist came out with a jacket on fire, and he was like, well, this is going to blow KMFDM out of the water. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> it's like he came out in a jacket. He was lit on fire. Um, I do, I yeah. do, I do legit want to see them. But um, even it would be, I've heard they've had one of the best live performances out of anybody, and they put a lot of money into it. But I would be hard pressed to put it against Hell or uh, Hell or Hellblade. Um, High Lung, High Lung is crazy. Yep, go for it. Yeah, I, I will, I'm, I'll get it. So. Um, <clears throat> so I guess we've got a couple of different ways to approach this. I've got a lot of little things to talk about on Steam Deck, but Do I it. feel like that will take away from anything you guys have played. Do you guys want to talk about what you've played first? Uh, I guess I could say, you know, what, uh, what my, my experience was with, uh, my three day download. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you should talk about this. <laughs> so. Uh, last time we recorded, I was trying to chug through three days worth of download to get Outriders, and I'm sure there was somebody out there saying, no, stop, don't do that. I know, and you know what's funny is, um, he's just to troll again, we were recording last week, he said that, and on break, I put it on download, and when we got back from break, it was done. Yeah, and screw you. Uh, so, I was able to finally get... Uh, get through and and get that downloaded, and I was 
you know, I was happy that it was done. I was just happy that I had finally downloaded a, you know, what I guess could have been considered at some point a triple A game. It's definitely not a triple A game, but, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, Square Enix and people can fly and stuff like that. So you would think that it would be a decent game. Uh, that game still had bugs from day one in it and and some broken quests that still hasn't been fixed and probably never will. Um, which surprised me because I, I played that game when it first you know first came out. I played Outriders when it first came out. I don't remember if I said the name, but yeah, Outriders was the game. Uh, so Outriders definitely um, fell just as flat as it did back then. And then I got through, you know, I got through the uh, campaign uh, again, just and I was doing this just to see whether or not it would be something fun to multiplay, like. Just get through the story, get up to the point where we can multiplay, maybe grind out a few things, you know, together and do this, um, maybe possibly look into the, you know, the expansion, the, you know, the world, you know, world ender or world breaker or whatever the fuck it's called expansion. I got through the uh, the story and I felt just as empty as I did before. Like nothing had changed. There was a bunch of big updates and there were supposed to be, you know, new legendary drops and this, that, the other thing. It's only if you end up, you know, downloading and you know, spending 40 more dollars for their expansion, which is, you know, rated mostly negative on Steam, by the way. And I was trying to figure out why, because no, most of the time, most of the time it could be review bombed. So I'm like, hey, what, you know, I'm going to do a little bit of research to see what's going on here. See if I can find find out what the problem is. And um, no, it's just because it's, uh, you know, it's it's four hours worth of really half-assed, you know, thrown together story. Uh, and uh, they intentionally broke the gear progression system so that anybody that had been grinding the game before the you know the expansion was released had to regrind literally everything because they changed how uh, uh, gearing and mods worked. So you would be completely underpowered if you just stuck with the gear that you had before. You had to regrind new gear, uh, and that is it's probably the cheapest way that they could have done it. Like it makes it's invalidates all of the hours you put into the game. You know, previous to that. That's infuriating. So, yeah, and that's that's that would piss me off, especially if I was you know if I was grinding that game and trying to get good you know, better gear you know over time. Now I hadn't bought the expansion yet. I was trying to determine whether or not the forty dollars would be worth it to me, because you know that's a lot of ramen noodles. So uh, <laughs> uh, I have determined that it is not worth. The three days of download it is not worth the forty dollars there was nothing that had changed about that game and it was maybe a good 10 15 hour distraction at best um so outriders is pretty still trash uh and you can you feel free to uninstall it from your computer i have a problem now where if i spend three hour uh three days downloading something i feel like it needs to live on the hard drive for a little bit because I've put a lot of uh I put a lot of effort into trying to get that downloaded. I I need I need 
faster internet, dude. Because <laughs> it would be nothing to me for you know you know if I had the internet from you know my previous location for me to just uninstall this bitch and be done with it and move on. It's so, just the fact that you had to spend so long downloading it is on your hard drive on principle. It's on principle for at least a little bit of time. Um, dude, it sucks, man. Like this is worse than dial up to me. It's I'm sure I'm, I'm recording the podcast on it. Yes, it works. It hasn't kicked me off yet. Knock on any wood possible, but, um, <laughs> but I can't do anything else. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of, uh, you know, looking for, looking for a game. I'm looking for a game right now. In fact, um, and I've been playing Risk of Rain 2 just because that's on the, you know, on the machine and does not require an internet and always on internet connection, which really fucked and sucked about Outriders too, because my, when my internet connection decided to dip, so did the game. So it's uh, kind of like Destiny 2 or Destiny in that way is you have to be connected to their servers at all times. Um... Otherwise, you can't play the game solo. <sighs> so I understand everybody that's out in uh, out in the middle of nowhere with their uh, uh, their discless PS fives, if they were able to get one, uh, spending uh, three days to a week to download a new game, only to find out that that game sucks. That's why that's why reviews need to be on point. Because <laughs> if you can't trust your reviews, you're you're wasting literal days of your life downloading something you're gonna hate. Well, so. Jason, what have you been up to? You, other than <clears throat> other than uh, some excitement on Thursday, I really won't talk talk about on the show. It was all Horizon Zero Dawn, and then the fair. How far you Horizon got? Zero Dawn, I actually like halfway through the game I to be honest, I I love the story. I told you. The fucking story I just kind of sneaks up on story. you. Yeah. Like it's very sneakily got a lot of depth to it. Especially if you take the time to sit there and read the read the article shit that you find. Yeah, that's that's what that's what got me when I first played it. That's why I liked it so much. You know the the gameplay loop was you know it was okay. Um, it was kind of like uh, oh gosh, it was kind of part Monster Hunter, part something you know, part like Laura Croft almost, and um. And, and, but the the story, I, I I like the Grey Goose story. That's that's kind of the the idea behind it. So I like the Grey Goose story. So if you know what Grey Goo is, or you understand what the you know, what the premise of of the story is, then yeah, the reason why Horizon's world is the way it is. So yeah. Um... But I've thoroughly been enjoying it. Um, I have uh, 
found myself playing Sneaky Hunter more than anything. Yeah. So um, you're you're up to the uh you're up to the point where oh what's this uh what's his name? He's a very well known voice actor. You get a uh, got a good likeness for him too. Um, oh um the the uh that one dude. Hang on. God, I can't remember. Have you met him yet in the story? Uh yeah, I uh uh rost uh rost uh jb block i think wait no that's not right rost was the mentor uh yeah. um i don't know man i just remember Fuck. i can't think of isn't i can't you, yeah but you know um, what i'm talking about yes i do um yes i have met him uh i'm at the point where silence silence there we go uh lance reddick yep lance reddick's the actor um oh yeah i don't know you're talking about now i like lance he He's really good. I don't think he gets enough credit for all of the supporting little and little bit parts that he played throughout his career. He's he's done a lot. Anyway, um uh I have uh yes, I've met him. Uh hit him I'm trying to think. I just now um, I'm one story mission past the point where you, uh, uh, just fi- found out that your mom, uh, uh, put together the whole Zero Dawn initiative, yada, yada. Gotcha. So I'm one story mission past that. Gotcha. Awesome. So I figured that's about halfway through. Just look at it, my total playtime and the amount, the amount of the of the uh, map I've not yet completed. Yeah, it's about halfway through. I'm I'm trying to think, but yeah. And he's been in a lot of shit, dude. Yeah, I found <laughs> out about him through Fringe. Uh, it was Fringe. Yep, for me it was Fringe when I first uh, first saw him. Uh, but. Yeah, uh, Philip Broyles uh, from Fringe. Yep, yep, yep. That's a good show, by the way. I love that. I love that show. That show is pretty good. I'm sad it went away, but it didn't really have anywhere else to go. Right where it was going. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Dude, no, it, it they kind of let it end at a natural progression, which I think was good. I think if they tried to force that shit on, it wouldn't have been <laughs> right. Yeah, but. Dude, you should you know, get through, uh, you know, once you finish Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden West will make a whole lot more sense. Uh, so, I mean, if you're up for more of uh, more of that, then you can definitely, uh, you know, get your hands on Forbidden West at some point. Maybe it'll come out on PC at some point. Who knows? You know, uh, Reddick's 
cast as Wesker in the in the uh, Resident Evil TV series for Netflix. Really? Yeah. Wow. Go figure. I don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'm just thoroughly enjoying that. But like I said, I've kind of been taking the slow path because I've been like on the collect everything run. Ah. Uh, he's also Commander Zavala from Destiny, which is where I know him from most of the time from, from video games. So I was like, yeah, very well known voice. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's done a lot of voice acting. A lot of lot of voice acting for Destiny, like lots of voice acting for Destiny. He's been in every every release of Destiny and Destiny Two. So, well, I mean, Com- Commander Zavala's there, so yeah, up to yep, yep. Don't want to go into uh, details on the story for Destiny if you're into it, but yeah, it's good stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, so uh, Zero Dawn's been you know treating you good. Um, I haven't really seen it. You know, seen too much in the way of new games myself. Uh, but you have had a new experience with games. There, buddy, go buddy, buddy guy, and uh, it's been pretty freaking magical. Like. Pretty friggin' surprisingly magical, isn't it? Tell us more about your Steam Deck there, guy. So, I ended up testing out a lot of things. So, let me, uh... I actually... He's got it in his hands right now. It's just a little thing. It is not a little thing. It's about... It does not fit in your pocket. Cannot put it in your pants. It's pulled out (laughs) all the time. No, you need a fucking backpack for it. It has a pretty big case. So it's a big deck. Um, it's a very big deck. Let's see. Things that I've tested on it that I didn't think would play. Um, ah, quit showing me your giant deck. So it runs. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> It's hard to not make the dick jokes. <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> I'll tell you what I have that's big that's still on it. Um, Days Gone plays on this quite well, which is surprising. Um, You do need to lock it at about 30 FPS to run it, but it runs on medium to high settings. Fallout 76, I know that seems... I'm going to try the pit expansion at some point. Um, 67 gigs um, runs on this on... Max settings with no issue. Um, Phantom Pain runs fine on it. Um, Damn. Dark Souls 3 runs fine on it. But Dark Souls! Capped at about 30 FPS. Um, Metal Gear Rising. Um, I played through a big chunk of the intro on that. Runs fine on it. Um, 60 FPS. It's an older game. It's like late era 360, early Xbox One. Dead Rising 3 um, rung, runs at about a locked 30 um, on high settings on this. 
What else have I tried? No Man's Sky runs on this. Big surprise. Uh, Devil May Cry runs on this. Kind of a surprise. Uh, DMC is what I'm talking about, not the old Devil May Cry. Uh, you tried Control, right? Did. Um, I got to readjust some of the settings. I can't get it to run over 30 on that. And I was telling John this. I think Control is one of those games I do want to play with all the pretties on. So I don't think I'm going to play it on the Steam Deck. I think I'm going to play it on my PC. Right. Um, another. I need to just finally buckle down and play that. But things that I've had fun on that I ended up playing instead. So let me go by last played. Scroll up. Um, the things I've actually been playing a lot of on this is Bone Razor Minions, which I'll talk about here in a minute. Um, Ender it's like Lilies. a two dollar game. Yeah, Ender Lilies. I've been playing a lot of Dead Rising Three. I think everybody here knows what that is. Grime. I started. Um, and Death's Gambit. Like those are the primary games that I'm playing on it. And Dome Keeper. I've played a lot of Dome Keeper on it. I've got other games that I'll eventually talk about that I got on here just for this, like Dark Light just came out of Early Access and Brutato um, is in Early Access, which is pretty good. I'm, I'll talk about Brutato. Um, let's start with Brutato. So Brutato, another really cheap – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name the really cheap ones first because everybody should be able to get this because it's cheaper than everything you can buy with inflation nowadays. Um, Brotato, let me see, how much is this? I want to say it's like three bucks, game info. Is it Brotato or Brotato? I'm going to say Brotato, but yeah, Brotato, $4.99. It was on sale okay. last week uh, for $3.99. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. So you're a little potato, <laughs> right? And you pick up weapons with, so what you do is you kill shit, right? You got melee weapons mm -hmm. and you have ranged weapons. And then you have items that in, that change your build. It plays a whole lot like Vampire Survivors, but you're a potato. And when you kill stuff, it okay. gives you coins. And then you have a little shop that pops up after you level up. And then you spend those coins from the kills on new weapons and new itemization for your, your Brotato. Um, it seems pretty fun, real and it's really easy to pick up. Like it's there's not a lot of controls. I think it has a, an option for manual aim, but I haven't really messed with it that much. Brotato, Brotato, whatever. <laughs> Actually, pretty fun, and it's that's all you got to say about it. Like it's it's very much like Vampire Survivors. Um, Vampire Survivors runs fine on it. I tested it and didn't expect it not to run. Another right. game that I've played quite a bit of. Also, and actually gotten quite far, I've played this actually on my regular PC quite a bit, was 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Um, this is another really cheap game that's really, really good. Um, says it doesn't play with Steam Deck. It does absolutely fine with Steam Deck. This is uh, $2.99 and is excellent. I have almost 10 hours in this game so far at $2.99. What 20 Minutes Till Dawn is, it's a top-down bullet hell rogue light. And the amount of kills and how far you get in the level is what you ha get money for to unlock different things. So there's a whole skill tree that you can spend that money on. There's new characters you can spend that money on to unlock them. There's weapons that you can spend money to like that to get additional abilities. But the way that it plays out is you have these different ability trees. So, for example, the one one of my favorite builds is called a Frostfire build. So you unlock the first thing, which is Frost, and then, like your shots have a chance of triggering freeze. 
freeze initially slows an enemy down and makes them take like an additional 50% damage, right? So frost goes well with a weapon that fires a lot like a submachine gun. Fire, um, every bullet will inflict inflict fire damage, which does about 10% damage a tick. It ticks about two times a second. So it actually can cumulatively build up pretty quick. But, well, I should go back to frost. Frost then builds into shards, which shards do direct damage and also freeze. And then it deal, then it diverts into shatter, and shatter um, will spread additional freeze to the enemies when they die while frozen um, and also deal damage on top of that. So, like, when you're firing into a big crowd, one shatters, then another shatters, and then it chain reacts all across the screen. It looks really fucking cool when that happens. Then fire, the... You've got the initial thing, which is a burn. Then you've got a huge, like, mage fireball that spawns out of the middle of a lot of shots. And then you've got an ability that um, heals you. It's got a 0.5% chance to heal you from burning effects. Well, if I'm firing a submachine gun into a crowd and everything's on fire, I'm going to get healed back up within about a minute or less. Sometimes it's crazy how fast it goes back up. Um, But... You can combine those two, and then it becomes a really crazy build. And then, like, there's another build that I do that splits my fire into multiple directions. One that shoots behind me. One that when enemies die, they explode into a bunch of bullets. One where when I reload, I shoot a bunch of bullets around me. So pretty soon you kind of get into these builds that you start to discover where things just build on top of each other. And then it just turns into pure madness. You don't have a lot of hearts or a lot of ways to get health back until you get certain unlocks. Um, and then it has like a every time you do the level when you start because you're supposed to survive for 20 minutes. It's got a darkness level, and I think it goes through darkness level 10. But each of those are different modifiers of the enemies that you're fighting. Um, it's an early access game with full access features, um, and it's extremely replayable. I can play it any time I want to. Just pick up a game and play. It's really cool. Um, 20 minutes till dawn is a a-plus recommend for me for cheap games. If you like roguelikes and you write top-down shooters, like twin-stick shooters, it's super easy recommend. Um, it's, and it's really su- weird. You, you've you actually just uh, you just described two bullet hells, and you're not much of a bullet hell guy. But it turns since out Vampire Survivors came around, you kind of became a bullet hell guy. Yeah, I'm getting a lot better at them is what it is. Bone Razor Minions is another kind of like a bullet hill. So you're you're a necromancer and you're raising your little your little uh your boners. Um I say that cuz that's like what they call the little skeletons or boners. Um it's got a lot of tongue in cheek stupid humor to it. This game I think is a dollar 99. Um 2.99. 2.99. Yep. But you basically, when the game first starts and you have zero unlocks, you have no ways to attack. But you have a series of headstones that have a few bones next to them. You have just enough bones to raise your first minion. Your minions do all the attacking. You're a, you only have one ability, which is two abilities. You have dodge and cast spells and move around. Well, I guess that's three. So you avoid all the damage and move around and dodge around shit while your minions do all the damage. And what you're doing is you're collecting spells and power-ups and kind of leading enemies into your minions, but your minions will fight around you. And then as you collect, every time you collect 100 bones, um, you're able to build a new creature. 
And so some of those creatures morph into other creatures. There's several different necromancers. Each of the different necromancers kind of have a different play on their power. So, like, I've got one that does really good with demons. And so after a creature gets to level three, they have the ability to morph into a demon. And that demon is like a really high-powered version of that minion um, with special abilities. Um, There's one that can raise golems. So you can combine creatures together to create huge golems that do great damage. I haven't beat it yet. It's it's actually fairly hard. But it uh, kind of builds on itself as you go. And there's a lot of meta unlocks for each of the different necromancers. And there's meta unlocks for all of the different creatures. Um, and then there's meta unlocks for um, making the enemies stronger and faster so you get more bones. So you can create minions faster so you can get to the end game better. So as you get better, you can basically increase the difficulty of the game by adding additional minions that are more difficult so that you can get the economy you need to build towards the end of the game faster and more effectively. So, But you can control that. You can actually unpurchase stuff and you get a refund of your cash. Um, I think the economy is a little bit broken right now because I'm just like I don't have anything else to buy except for more creatures and I'm not quite at the skill level to deal with the extra creatures. So I'm like capped out on my cash right now. And I have like all the different necromancers, most of the necromancers unlocked. I think I have to kill some bosses to get some of the other ones unlocked. But it, yeah, you're raising minions and it's a reverse bullet hell where you're dot, well, kind of a real bullet hell. You're dodging all the bullets and all the things on the screen while your minions are doing all the damage and you're just collecting the currency so you can create another monster. And then you're trying to create a meta strategy of. What spells work good with this build that I got? Like you can even reroll stuff or discard stuff altogether. So you kind of play it like a deck of cards, even though there's no cards involved. Um, and it's very easy to pick up and put down. Like the the it it has a pause feature, which is great. That sounds weird, but um, you can pick it up and put it down anytime. It was like my favorite lunchtime game this last week, <laughs> and I played it a little bit on the way back here. But I again ended up talking to my buddy. Right. Um, games that I put significant time into. Dead Rising, that speaks for itself. Dead Rising 3 is good, and it plays really well on the deck. End of show. I'll probably play more of that. <laughs> um, Ender Lilies is a game that you talked about last year, and then I was interested yeah. in it, and I was looking for 2D side-scrollers. So I've got about three hours into it, and I've beat three bosses so far. It's a lot better game than I gave it credit for. Um, you said after a while, so you're like this little like anime girl that has ghosts that come out of her that slash or do different do different things, right? So these ghosts follow you around and then do damage at your behest. But after a while, you kind of quit seeing the girl and you see the things creating the abilities. Um, and you just get used to it. Um, and then the abilities kind of stack on each other. Like I finally kind of got a good... Like, there's one where it's a, a, you summon a ghost that has, like, a swinging ball and chain, and I figured out it's really good for attacking flyers because it does a spinning attack when you jump. Right. Um, so I started leveling that up, and then I've got, like, slugs that I can throw that, like, explode and do damage, which are actually pretty good. I've got a hammer right now, which is pretty fucking good for, like, downward attacks, and I didn't have the downward attack before, and that really helps out in a lot of cases. Yes. But... It's another kind of 2D sort of Souls-like, right? It doesn't really punish you that bad for dying. Um, but it's pretty good. The hardest one that I've played so far, and I don't have much of an opinion yet, is called Grime. That came out late last year. It's a really good-looking game, and it runs down my battery really quickly. 
um, but everything's kind of made out of clay and rock. And its big thing is you are absorbing, you absorb the different creatures that attack you and create abilities out of that. But it's got a whole armor system and different weapons and different like styles of fighting. I almost beat the boss last night, but then I was too distracted and looking at High Lung March to really dig into it. But I figured out that I'm still stuck on the first boss. Go figure. It's it's definitely the hardest game. Um, you got to parry. That's right. This is this absorb feature. It's actually got a fairly forgiving parry timing on it, right? It's not like so tight that it's really hard to get down. Like you've got almost a half second to hit the button to do the parry, but basically you hit the button right when you're about to get attacked. And then everything pauses while you absorb the attack and that absorbs knowledge into you somehow and also does damage to the enemy. But you got to parry the enemy's hands in this way at certain times to remove the hands so you have the ability to attack the boss. And that's also the way that you get energy back so that you can heal yourself. So Grimes, okay. Grimes pretty cool, but I'm going to have to be in a little bit different headspace to play that. The one that I'm really enjoying a lot that I never got far enough into was Death's Gambit. They've done a whole bunch of revamp and a whole lot of rebalancing and a whole lot of items added. Um, I started decided to go the Souls way that I've started going lately, which is not go pure melee build. And I went a sorcerer build with Death's Gambit. That was the way to go. A lot of the enemies that I was having a hard time, because there's a lot of different, like, parry. So there's a parry. There's a, a guard break. Um, trying to think what else. There's a heavy attack and a light attack in this game, right? So kind of the same mechanics of, like, a Souls. Your, your shield, until you're a really beefy boy, doesn't block everything. But you can parry anything if you can get the timing down. And I can parry with the Sorcerer. And then my R2 is a sword that is, that is uh, built on intellect. So that sword um, does some pretty beefy-ass damage since my intellect's my highest stat. But um, he's got spells, and I'm able to shoot across the screen, and I'm able to dodge shit pretty easily and parry shit pretty easily. And it's it's a pretty good-looking Souls-like. It's like a Souls slash Metroidvania. And it's just a really good balance. And it's got a really good presentation. Like, so far, Death's Gambit is my favorite out of all of these, like, longer-form games, that side-scrolling Souls-like games that I'm playing. It's really good. Um, isn't isn't Death's Gambit the one that came from? Was was there? Uh, it was on was PlayStation. It, okay, but that was the. Uh, but wasn't it like a, an Adult Swim? Was which one? Yeah, was it was the a, Adult an, Swim. It's one? an Adult Swim game. Okay, that's what I thought. But they yeah, yeah, they yeah. Re, they retooled it, and so now it's called Death's Gambit Afterlife. So the, I guess they redid a bunch of stuff. It didn't sell as well as they wanted to, and so they basically redid a big chunk of the game and it'll rebalanced a lot of things. And so far, like it's got a pretty positive rating on steam right now. Awesome. Uh, because it okay. is, it's, just wanted to make sure that was the same game I was thinking. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll pull it up. What's the rating on this? It's, uh, uh, mostly positive. Yeah. It didn't start off that way. No. But yeah, I, I it looks good though. I mean, it's yeah, a, I might give it a try because light games I can download, you know, in a day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it pretty might take an entire day. It's a pretty good game. I'm I'm having fun. Speaking of that. downloading, I downloaded uh, Valheim this week. 
Oh, yeah. It came oh, yeah? out on Game Pass, didn't it? When it came out on Game Pass, yeah. Yeah. If you need some help with that, I can jump in your game. I've um, not started yet. I'm going to finish Horizon first. But One last game that I'm going to talk about a little bit, because I did put a fair amount of time into it, is Domekeeper. So, believe it or not, I already have five hours in Domekeeper. Domekeeper is a very interesting game. So, essentially what you're doing is it's a roguelike survival miner is what it touts itself as. And let me explain what that means. Um, it's kind of got a presentation of, like, really high art design NES graphics, like in the later stages of NES when the backgrounds got pretty intense. Like when Mega Man really started to look like the things that you thought Mega Man was. Um, mm -hmm. Right? When it actually looked like what the pixels were trying to present. So... You crash you crash onto an alien planet, and what the objective is is for you to mine below your dome. Your dome's a big glass ball, and you're collecting resources to upgrade initially yourself and the weapon and defenses of the dome. And then later on, so there's two different game modes. One's called Relic Hunt, and the other one I think is like Mineral Hunt or something like that. But you mine below your, your base, and then you've got a timer that tells you about when the enemy's going to come. And then you defend your base against waves of enemies with the whatever technology you've unlocked. So you start off with a laser, but like I unlocked a, uh, it's got like some permanent unlock. You got a permanent unlock if you beat the run. The runs are kind of long, but like I unlocked a thing where it lets, it's called like monster repellent. And so it's got two functions. One function, I can hit the button and everything slows down to like 10% speed, which really helps me like laser down a bunch of shit really fast. Um, and then I've got another one that was like an electric shield, which will shock anything that's real close to the, the base, which really helps because it freezes them and does damage to them. And then there is a, like you can upgrade your basic shields, um, which is another option that you have with your base. Um, but essentially you go down, you mine minerals underneath kind of Terraria style. But in the way this works is you look like a little firefly. And if you push your controller into any surface that's mineable, then you just start mining it. And so eventually, you know, the meta of this is you end up figuring out, like, the best combo for timing and the waves of what you need to be doing. And so I figured that I needed to be upgrading one thing quickly, which is the ability to see when a wave's coming, how many minerals I have, and um, uh, my actual health. And then the very next thing is movement speed and mining speed because you very quickly mine out enough of the area below where you need to be getting into a better bit so that you can get through harder material. And then you'll find relics underneath the ground. Some of those are different upgrades for your dome that you mine out, and then you bring them back. And then sometimes they're like powers for your character, like a teleport power, or like maybe you find something that, provides water which you use water for different upgrades to the uh defenses essentially um but essentially you you're digging down 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 until you find the relic and you get the relic up and then you blast off and you're done before everything obliterates you but the gameplay loop is really strong it's got really good chiptune music and it's really fun um i'm having a lot of fun with Domekeeper. i i had it on my wish list cause i played the demo and i was like yep sold i like this um, and it hadn't let me down. Like I said, I've got about five hours into it, and it's all on my Steam Deck. Um, 
Anything else that I want to talk about Steam Deck-wise? I've got one other game I'm going to talk about very quickly. I want to echo Rusty's sentiment on uh, Tiny Tina and kind of mm-hmm. put my own spin on it. Tiny Tina is not a bad Borderlands game. In fact, I was telling Rusty the other day, I think it goes Borderlands um, 2, then Borderlands 1, and then Tiny Tina, and then Borderlands 3, and then the prequel, or pre-sequel, or whatever. <laughs> the, bullsh- right. the bullshit Borderlands. Like, that game's pretty bad. I, not even a 5 out of 10 for me. I, I do, not, do not like the pre-sequel. I will never play it again, so. And 3's like... Mm-hmm. For our bags, three is basically like a three and a half star for me. But two's like a four and a quarter easy. Like two's a pretty good fucking Borderlands game. Two's One is fun, just yeah, was, is a great concept that they executed on, right? So it's right. and just it's they more co- it. Yeah, and then it's and then Tiny Tina's just not quite as cohesive as those other two, but it does have some good ideas and I do like some of the meta progression. I just think the end game is very Diablo rift run is essentially what they're that's, doing and i that's all you get with uh with you know looter shooters is you know what can i loot this you know on this run you know so that's just what it devolves into yeah and at that point like after i beat the main story i didn't want to play that mode i tried it out for about an hour and a half I was like, I got everything I wanted out of this game, I think. I think it's time to move on. I think I put 30-odd hours into it, so like I felt like I was very much done with it. And it was good to go. But if you're looking for more Borderlands, it is that. And some of the jokes land, some of them don't. I kind of wish it was a little bit more coarse. It's a PG or a teen rating for games, so like you can pretty much play it in front of your kids. Um, there's yeah. no crazy hyper-violence going on like the other games. Which is another letdown. <laughs> Wanted there to be more violence. Um, more heads floating around. But there, there's none of that. So that's where it loses a few points behind the other games. And like you said, the pistols, like having an arc, like shooting a catapult is kind of a letdown too. Yeah. the It's, it's not necessarily like the trajectory. Well, it's kind of the trajectory and the bullet speed. Yeah. And... The kinds of like you could get some really good mods on you know on those guns, but it's just a letdown when you realize that it's a crossbow pistol. And it's like, ah, oh, crap! I've got to deal with this, you know. And trying to hit your crits is kind of a big part of a Borderlands game, and that makes things just that much harder. Yeah, I I ended up playing with uh, submachine guns a lot. Um, yeah, or was- the uh, I was a uh, or the heat based pistols. Yeah, I did. I did the uh, what do you call it? The SMGs because I had a Clawbringer Elemental build. Yeah, I had a I had a a couple really good um uh, pistols that were you know that were heat based, so it only reloaded when you uh when you overheated them. That used to be like the uh, uh, the bandit style, uh, you know, guns from Borderlands Three this is an interesting take on guns, and out and it's, I mean, they fired straight. They fired all over the place, but they fired straight. You know, it right. didn't have all that bullet drop bullshit. Um, what I really didn't like is, is I haven't seen a Borderlands, you know, I haven't seen a Borderlands yet that's gotten the assault rifles quite right. You know, 
they should be beefier. And in most cases, the assault rifles are second fiddle to submachine guns. You know, and a lot of times pistols outperform them. So I'm like, and I just want something that's like a good assault rifle style. You know, I haven't you know, haven't had one yet. It's just something just didn't feel right about this. It felt like there were, it was, it was kind of forced in a way. Like the the D and D didn't feel organic. You know. Right. It was just forced in there. And then, of course, the, the, I guess the background meta story didn't quite, it didn't quite land with me. So, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a different thing, but I'm glad that you saw some similar shit. And, and you don't, you don't feel like you're going to be, you know, grinding that game like some, you know, some people did. No, I'm not. Yeah. So, anywho, do you, we think yeah. it's time for a break? I think it's time for a break. Right now, the dog is asking to go outside. So, precious, my precious, let's go outside. We'll be back. All right. We'll be back. back Woo! Woo we uh <laughs> took a long break as usual which you know the listener has no idea what's happening but hey it's all good got some Yay. news and announcements and some things to talk about we had a pretty long first first half um yes we did i want to i'm going to bring up some of the little things so that we can talk about the bigger things um so Vampire Survivors is getting a 1.0 release on October 20th. And That's crazy. Yeah. They've got a roadmap. They've got levels laid out for the things they're going to do in the final push. It looks like there's a whole lot more to the game than what's currently in the game. And it's getting ported to a new engine by the end of the year to help utilize more than a single core. So I guess the current engine is something called Electron that he's using. And it only lets you use one CPU CPU core at a time. It's a very CPU intensive game. Um, now that it'll be able to split between multiple cores, it should be able to run at a lock sixty, no matter what the frenzy is going on on the uh, screen. So there's a lot of frenzy. Vampire Survivors is kind of like the one of the best little games that we've discovered. Which kind of is also the inspiration for me finding good games that are cheap, like really cheap games, less than five dollars. Um, and when you find a game that's really good, that's at that price point, like it is kind of like discovering the holy grail of cheap games of stuff that's really good, right? Um, Vampire Survivors is absolutely the best one of those, but just like we were just talking about, <laughs> Rusty went ahead and splurged and got him some uh, some uh, Bone Razor I minions. Some I spent a, to a whole $27 on four games, man. I'm splurging. The most expensive game being Dome Keeper. Yep. Um, but yeah, you got Bone Keeper, Brotato, um, Bone Racer Minions, 20 Minutes Till Dawn. So, Jane uh, Bed. Death's Gambit Afterlife was, uh, was a surprise. Yeah, it was a little surprise. 
So these these are these are the things that I'm doing. I'm trying to download these games while we're talking, and I'm hoping I'm not breaking up. Yeah, no, you're doing all right so far. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. we'll uh, that's give... Gambit's going to have to wait because of all of those games, that's Gambit is the biggest. How big is that? Uh, Domekeeper is the second biggest. I've got the other three games already downloaded, so. I think if you're... That's saying something. In, man, con- in concept, it, 20 Minutes Till Dawn is like a super cheap version of Risk of Rain. So, like, I actually think you'll probably have the most fun with that one, and then maybe the other two are really good, but I think you'll get your most mileage out of 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Okay, well, I'll, I'll have something to do. I like Domekeeper. I like the aesthetic behind Domekeeper because I like, you know, the the delve style of a of a game, the mystery of delving. Like I would like Minecraft if Minecraft didn't have like Minecraft. <laughs> My, Domekeeper is actually kind of hard, um, and I'm not I'm not even playing it. There's like two other difficulty settings above the normal version. Um, it's a run based game too. Like these are all games with a lot of replayability. I mean, I don't, unless you're a crazy person, I don't think you're going to get 100 hours out of Domekeeper, but like all these games are good for gamer ADD. You can play one for a couple hours and flip to the other one and then flip back to the other one. Like that's kind of how I rotate these games. Um, It's a good, uh, well, it's a good charcuterie board of games. Okay. I don't, I don't necessarily have that many options, you know, when it comes to. I think these are all good these, options. So these are all very good options. Something, so. something to add to the risk of rain too, as far as a uh, as the options, because right now the the option is uh, risk of rain too, um, yeah. which is not a bad game, but man, it can get old if you play it every single day. So let's say, like Jason yeah. mentioned earlier, Valheim hit um, PC Game Pass. So if you haven't taken the plunge, you can now get Valheim on Game Pass, which is a great game. Um, even though it kind of lacks an end game at this point, but I think it'll give Jason more gameplay than he has time for, to be honest with you. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. On the old Game Pass, Scorn got moved up. So that's coming out October 14th, which will be one day before my my uh, download quarantine ends, which I will just take the plunge and download it day one so it doesn't affect my next bit of bandwidth. Um, but that's going to come out on the 14th, which is literally only two weeks away. Oh, by the way, there was a patch to Valheim. So if you own it on Steam, it has cross-play support. I, so I saw that. That that means you, you can, you know, there is a detailed patch note that you can you know look at it uh, on Steam if you have it on Steam. So if you've got friends that just picked it up on uh, Game Pass, you can play with them. Heck awesome. yeah. So, oh, did I break your train of thought? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I've actually, I had all the short pieces. There was a couple of long form pieces that Jason had. I'll let Jason kind of go. Cool. And uh, the biggest piece that we'll go ahead and start with, just because I, uh, I think we all saw it coming. Uh, Google announced this week that they will be shutting down Stadia. Um, oh my, more uh, lost Google technology. Oh my god! 
Um, so, so add it to the Google graveyard of uh, things that have been started and not really uh, followed through. Um, the service will remain live until January 18th. Um, so, like I said, back in July when they they uh, dismissed the rumors via their Twitter, I said, give it six months. We'll see where it's at. Well, there you go. Um, uh, that said, um, they did, along with the announcement, say that they will be offering refunds for all games um, and hardware purchased. That's a damn uh, shame. Yeah. So but, they're, they're I mean, going that to... is huge. So, so they're going to refund... Are, are you sure they're going to refund the hardware? Yep. That's that, what they said. So that's what they said? Okay, so yep. I, I heard about games you purchased, because... So, with Stadia, as with any digital, you know, uh, digital storefront, this could happen to Epic Games, for instance. Any digital storefront, you are getting a digital license, you know, to, you know, to play that game on that storefront. Stadia is no different. You know, you were buying digital licenses to basically stream that game on the Stadia hardware. Um, yep. So the only thing that won't be refunded is Stadia Pro subscriptions, uh, which will simply just stop charging when the service shuts down. Oh my gosh, you don't have to pay your subscription anymore and once the freaking service sub- shuts down. Go figure. Um but yeah, the the access to the games that you had uh, that you had purchased, I mean if they're going to refund those, that's good. It's not very it's not very good for people who have, you know, say, you know, game saves on Stadia that they can't transfer. Uh in fact, there was there was one uh there was one news article that I'd saw about a dude that has six thousand plus hours into uh uh Red Dead Redemption or Red Dead Online. It was Red Red Dead Redemption two or Red Dead Online. I can't sure I'm not sure which one it was, but it was one of the Red Dead games. Six thousand yep. hours in you know into that game and he is basically like begging rockstar for a way to transfer his character to you know to a different storefront um now that said special note on the hardware refunds they're only refund they're only refunding hardware purchases that were made through the google store yeah, so if you okay. by chance bought it, Stadia hardware through a third party retailer, you're boned. You're boned. But that also makes sense because that's really the only thing that Stadia can, that Google can really control refund on. If you bought it through like Best Buy or Amazon or something, or secondhand, or secondhand, they can't necessarily do that. Right. Um, well, but I mean, we all expected this when they shut down their independent studios, like the writing was on the wall at that point. It, um, okay. So the writing was, so the writing was on the wall from day one. I fucking called this. I'm like, Stadia is not going to live. No. 
Well, I Google's famous this. for I this. Said, no, Stadia is just going to be another thing in the Google graveyard, I guarantee you. I wasn't wrong. It just took them a, a little bit longer than I expected. Now, that uh, said, um, uh, one interesting note is Ubisoft already hit all of the media outlets with the announcement that uh, they will be allowing users who bought any Ubisoft game through Stadia um, to get a copy of the game on PC uh, yeah. through Ubisoft Connect. Um, they've not they've not put out the details. Those will be coming soon, but I mean... I hate to say this, but good guy Ubisoft there. Well, it's I had to say probably face. what's going to end up happening with those any any of the uh, uh, the services that offer a cloud save um, that you know that can do this would be able to not only you know verify that they purchased it on Stadia, but they could also back up the cloud save, provided that Google allows them to do you know, do things like that. I'm not sure how uh, the uh, Ubisoft Plus or, you know, the Ubi Connect, you know, app works on the Stadia hardware specifically. Um, but, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's one way for them to uh, do that. I wonder if they still get the refund from, uh, from Google if they do that. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But, but I'm I do worried. know I wouldn't be worried about the uh I wouldn't be worried about the the license for the game as much as I would be worried about any progress that I had for any long form game like if, if I had say played Destiny 2 on you know on there and I'm sure that it's you know transferable between you know platforms at this point, but if I'd played Destiny 2 on there and I had a bunch of fucking guns and I had all the progression and I was doing all the things and then all of a sudden the service goes down you know I don't want to yeah. start over <laughs> I mean, good thing there is at least with Destiny you know, your your account's online it's a Bungie account so and your saves are cloud saves so right, you should be good there, but like Guys who have done Red Dead, um, people who have spent hundreds of hours in cyberpunk, uh, stuff like that, trying to figure out who, how they're going to get their cloud saves transferred to another platform like Steam or Epic. That's, yeah. that's a big thing. Um, oh, the, I think the worst part of the shutdown is, uh, and I understand, uh, uh, the leadership at Google Stadia trying to keep keep stuff under wraps until they officially announced it, but all of their all of their third party developers learned about it through the press release and not from Stadia directly. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Well, you gotta you have got to tell your developers and your the the people that are actually running on that service before beforehand you can't like yeah cuz they've got make they've got make uh make alternate plans to try to get their 
development money back. They've got to find another way to sell their game. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there any uh, Stadia exclusives? That... There's one in particular that I wonder about. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 was not exclusive, but that was their big launch. Okay. I'm just looking through... Uh, looking through what games were on Stadia and only on Stadia. Um, doesn't look like a whole lot. It doesn't look like a whole lot. Uh, there's uh, there was Pixel Generators. Yeah, Guilt, G Y L T. Uh, Pac-Man, Mega Tunnel Battle, Outcasters, Pixel Junk Raiders, and Hello Engineer is the ones that I can see. Um, yep, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so those are the only those are the ones that are on you know that were only on Stadia. Now Stadia had some exclusives where they were on there first. Um, Octopath Traveler, I think. Wasn't it? It's popping up on here, Disco Elysium, but that doesn't sound right. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the games that are games that are on Stadia should be able to be gotten everywhere else, with the exception of those five titles, which were never really big on our radar, at least. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's one of those it's it's a it's a warning sign this is what happens when a digital storefront dies now we have not had a whole lot of digital storefronts you know go away in this in in the same way uh but just think of it i mean epic game store i don't ever see steam ever actually going under but i mean anything is possible right what happens to your uh, to your massive library that you spent thousands and thousands of dollars on in a case where the storefront that you purchased it from no longer exists? You know, so uh, that's kind of like a crisis in the making. Somewhere right. down the line, we're going to be thinking about that. You know. Oh, absolutely. So it's it's a warning sign, you know, and you know the the idea behind Stadia being a storefront plus, you know, a exclusive hardware access instead of it just being like Steam where you can download it to PC and, you know, do things. Um that's the risk that, you know, that they took with it. It was I, I called the fact that it wasn't going to last very long, especially if they didn't have the, you know, if there wasn't somebody really propping it up at Google because Google just kind of throws spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Right. So it sucks I mean, to, all, you know, to see it. All of us said we weren't going to adopt into it unless it proved it. No. Well, I wasn't going to buy into it at all. There wasn't anything that I wanted. Yeah, you know, I didn't want anything to do with that. Uh, you know, because 
it had you know it had google behind it and they don't have the greatest track record of trying new things i mean what product has google launched in last year other pixel that's actually like had in jason you're we have uh we have we have robot version of Jason going on right now, I think. Yeah, we do. You gotta stop downloading the porn there, guy. <laughs> I'm actually not downloading anything at the moment. He was game streaming. You're better now. Weird. Yeah, you have. You don't know have where some that kind came of, from. Weird. I don't know where that came from. Zip. But, but. Uh, so. <laughs> no, but Jason the, is the most irritated the face kids ever. Have, <laughs> no, the kids have friends over, and they're all they're all playing uh, Roblox and shit online. So I wonder if we just hit a peak. Probably. Okay. Well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anywho, what was uh, what were you trying to say there, Mister Robot? I said, "What has Google released in the last ten years that's actually had staying power other than the Pixel?" I was about to say phones. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the Google Suite. Has been pretty, you know, pretty consistent. Uh, like but the that's uh, all Gmail and years. calendar and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, man. I can tell you right now, their 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 look at you know their ambition for trying to stream games to a piece of hardware okay. in your in your system you know, in your okay. home. Google Drive is right on the line. Okay, it it was a 2012 release, but like G Suite as we know it, like Docs and Sheets and that stuff came out in the in the mid 2000s. I don't know. It seems like it's been there forever. It's got staying power. It has more staying power than Stadia. So, <laughs> I'd say, um. Pour one out for Stadia. It never really got its uh, got a chance to shine. Um, that said, I I don't have much more in the way of the news. You said Scorn was being released early, which is kind of you know counter to uh, counter to the whole you know delay all the things even more things got delayed into 2023 um you know recently basically anything you were looking forward to has yeah. been delayed oh well i mean i've got some things to play so i'm not i've i've i feel like we're doing a good job of helping people map out what to do in the middle of this game drought cuz that's what this is a season of game drought True. This this one, well, this whole year. I mean, from m- most of most of this year, yeah. Um, but this is this is the month that uh, this has got 
of uh, God of War Ragnarok coming out, right? Yeah, that's the last really big. That's the only thing that might hold a candle to Elden Ring. Well, sorry for you guys that like Horizon, but it's a good game. It's just not. It's not as revolutionary. It's a better looking game. If we're talking, if we're talking next month, you got Overwatch Two, Plague Tale Requiem. These are all decent. I don't know about Overwatch, but big games, but they're not anything like Elden Ring staying power big. Yeah, the uh, and I'm not even sure the God of War is going to be able to do much. You know, it's going to probably be, I would say that it's going to be better, but at least on par with uh, uh, with Horizon Forbidden West uh, as far as it's going to look beautiful. And it's going to play great, but you know, will it will it get to the the heights where Elden Ring is currently sitting? And does Elden Ring really belong there? Like, did it resonate with everybody, or did it? Or are we just biased because, uh, well, Dark Souls? Well, um, I'm the only real Souls player here until you kind of got into Elden Ring, and. And I and I and I beat that game before you did. You got more completion, but I beat the game before you did. Well, I'm, I'm just gonna wear that badge forever. <laughs> I'm just gonna wear that badge forever it, because I want to. Let's put it this way: Elden Ring sold 16.6 million copies since release in Jul- or uh, since release. Okay, so. Yeah, so I mean that's pretty uh sixteen point six. That that's pretty wide net there, man. And uh let's see, the next highest I would say would be Forbidden West, right? Right. Um so let's see what the sales numbers are for that. Where do we get it? Where's the sales uh, numbers? Are we going to Wikipedia? The problem is that uh, PlayStation kind of hides their uh, their numbers a bit. Um, I, I, uh, it's I don't know. sold. Uh, it's old. Uh, let's Lots. see. Oh, uh, yeah. All I've got is like launch week numbers of over 200,000 copies. Uh, right. no- nothing to date. Wonderful. Well, the. So, I don't know. I would, I'd wager to say that Elden Ring sold more than. Forbidden West, considering Forbidden West was a PS5 exclusive uh, and uh, you had to have a PS5 and that's kind of even today it's hard to hard to find so uh, so I'm going to wager to say yeah Elden Ring beat it out by you know a pretty decent number <laughs> and that's why they're hiding the numbers behind Forbidden West sales um but yeah, 
sales numbers aren't always the biggest thing because like you could have really good games that sell like shit but are hidden gems or you could have games that uh that cost all of what two dollars and you could put fucking hundreds of hours into so it doesn't it numbers don't necessarily mean everything correct you know well no but when you think when you think about it um dark souls 3 barely sold 10 million copies yeah. So so you added uh, so if you're looking at it, you're adding, you know, six million new you know new players to a uh, to a franchise. That's that's why uh, FromSoft became um, became something to uh, to look at as far as investments are concerned. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, the dog has said we have been recording for a while. So, all right, guys. Well, with that, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash the real tiltcast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. You got Cabbage, KBG. You've got noquarters.net. You've got For the Love of Gaming, bmfcast.com, picking up the pixels with John and Boston. And tvgp.tv, listen to them for things like RPGs. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Peace.